It's Friday the 13th, and quite frankly, I don't care. I'm more intrigued by the fact that there are so many people that are afraid and skittish because of the day, rather than the fact that it is Friday the 13th. I guess when it comes down to something like this, it's all about the storytelling. From the Vault 319 Recording Room, this is the Tweakwell Podcast. What's going on, everybody? It's Jake Alexander, the voice in the void, the lone wolf, your favorite host with the lisp. How the hell are you? Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday the 13th. I'm going to put a happy spin on it because as long as we're up and breathing, it's going to be a good day. I'm so very glad you decided to tune in. This is a new episode of the Tweakle Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, like I always say, you didn't have to do anything. You didn't have to tune into this pokey little podcast, but you did. And I'm truly, truly uh, grateful for anybody that does it. Uh, if this is your first time listening, hey, check out some of the older episodes. I'm pretty sure you'll find something you like and if you have been rocking with us for a while thank you very much for returning uh we're going to have a pretty long show today we got a lot of stuff we have to cover we're going to cover the creator i'm going to talk about that for a minute we're going to talk about god country a comic that was recommended to me and i should have read this a long time ago and i haven't and i'm going to tell you why you absolutely need to read it and we're going to talk about the very first two episodes of uh the Loki series that has finally returned and believe me it's it may only be six episodes but they are kicking ass in these first two and I can't wait for the other four uh but before we get into those things we're going to jump right into the news At the top of our news, we talk about the SAG after strike and it is continuing. Actors are at the moment asking for a 2% of all the streaming revenue and the studios have obviously shot that down. The studios are asking for AI consent inside of their negotiations and the actors have struck that down. Neither side is budging as this strike nears uh, 100 days. Um, talks will continue next week after they broke down just Thursday when those two, those two questions were put on the table and each side struck down the request of the other uh, don't know how long this is going to take the faster this one gets over uh, the faster we can get back to doing other things now that the writers have ratified their uh, their bargain with the WGA uh, signing on they that that's one half of the equation done so let's see if the uh, SAG, SAG after can get what they are after so we can get Hollywood back on track uh, if you are a fan of Moon Knight like I am because but I, I loved Moon Knight uh, it's one of the few series that Disney has done uh, through the Marvel brand that I thought was very much like the comic and very good overall uh, and they may actually be getting a second season now while nothing is set in stone we've got some promising word from series director Mohamed Diab and series star Oscar Isaac they did a interview uh, over the weekend uh, uh, just this past weekend uh, with uh, Marvel Marvel Arab Arabic I forgot what the name of the site was uh, but they did one saying that the that the streaming site itself uh Netflix and all of them the and, and Disney they don't actually pick up 
the uh, a second season for the Marvel properties based on streaming stats and whatnot. It is all based on if the series itself is needed in the storytelling for the MCU in general. Now, that sounds good. Uh, if they do get a second season, I personally don't want it to be connected to the MCU. I want it to be standalone. I want Moon Knight to be standalone. And actually, all of the MCU series, except for maybe Loki and uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they shouldn't connect directly with the MCU. They should have some... Uh, uh, allusions to it perhaps but not be directly connected to it um they don't, they don't have to be part of the main storyline I, th I think they would be much better off if they did it that way if you are a fan of the old film the rocker the rocketeer then you will be happy with this bit of news here um it it, it will return the rocketeer is getting a reboot um it will star and be produced by david oyelowo the filmmaker eugene ash has been tapped to write the script you put all of those things together and then yes take my money i want to see this the rocketeer is a is a pretty old property that film goes back to the early 90s late 80s so this is okay it's one of those films that was it was fun to watch it when you know it first came out and very few people watched it it's not so much of a cult classic as it was um I, I still won't say it was a, a box office bomb either. It, it is sort of coat coat classic ish, <laughs> you know, it's burgeoning on that. Um, but it has a, it has a large enough audience to where everybody that saw it back then when they were kids and the few adults that saw it back then, they're going to want to see this now. Plus, there are plenty of people who have never heard of the Rocketeer, never saw the original film back in the day. So this is one of those few properties where I'll say, OK, you're going to do a reboot. Cool. I'm with it go ahead do the reboot and i hope i hope it uh does take off no no pun intended uh, I, d I love david oyelowo so if he's going to star in it and help produce it i hope this is a big hit for him um it seems like jada pinkett smith just not cannot keep her mouth shut up about her marriage and she's just on a whirlwind tour to now embarrass will smith as much as she can um so in an interview just yesterday and day for yesterday two separate interviews um once jada pinkett smith admitted that in an interview that her and will they've already been separated for seven years now going all the way back to 2016 um and she even went so far in a separate interview to say that tupac shakur was her soulmate that even though they didn't have have the chemistry but they were still soulmates it was more platonic than anything but still soulmates uh i called this shit last year when they were talking about her writing a tell-all memoir which is out now which is why she was doing the interviews to help promote the book and here we are i knew all this was going to go down I swear this woman is just out to destroy him and everything about him and I hope she fails miserably and anybody buying her book please as much as I want you to listen to my program if you support her don't listen to me I just cannot stand this woman she is just really doing her very level best to destroy Will Smith and I just hate to see it. Um, and we're going to end the news today talking about Microsoft and their done deal to buy Activision. Um, they had it hit a roadblock with uh, UK regulators saying that this is uh, sort of out of the ordinary and they wanted to take a closer look at the deal. Well, that UK regulation system has now okayed the final sale just on this past Thursday. It is a done deal. Microsoft has bought Activision. The final price tag. 69 billion dollars that's u.s money by the way um and it, i this remains 
like one of the biggest things to happen in gaming over the past i would say over the past 20 years activision has been a long time solo independent uh publisher of video games and the fact that microsoft has bought them uh, is there are going to be so many games now that have been on all all the, the uh, platforms they're going to be microsoft exclusive now i i promise you outside of that i don't know how this is going to affect gamers but i'm pretty sure it isn't going to be anything good that's all the news for now don't forget to check the instagram page at the underscore tweakle underscore pod for all of the news we didn't talk about here and believe me i post a lot of stuff over there especially movie trailers we have a lot of good things coming out and i have a trailer for all of them over there don't forget to check that page constantly don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on anything i'm gonna take a um i'm gonna take a break grab a cup of coffee come back we're gonna talk about a comic book i think everybody should read named god country now i don't really do comic book reviews yes we've talked about what i was going to read a bunch of times and yes I've reviewed the TMNT story, Ronin, and I still talk about that one constantly. But beginning now, talking comics will be a more regular thing. And today we reach back to 2017 for a comic that, regrettably, I had not heard of. How I hadn't heard of it is a source of mystery because I'm very familiar with the author, Donnie Cates. I remember fondly Cates' earlier story, Buzzkill, in 2014. So when God Country was given to me, I was surprised and hopeful that it was as good as Cates' earlier work. God Country is the story of Emmett Quinlan, an old widower rattled by dementia and Alzheimer's. His violent outbursts are more than the local cops can handle and has become the biggest of burdens for his son Roy. A tornado touches down and levels his home as well as the surrounding West Texas town. A now restored Quinlan rises from the wreckage thanks to an enchanted sword found at the eye of the storm. It gives him more than a restored mind and fit body, however. He's now the only man who can face down a slew of demons that have been drawn to this sleepy West Texas town. Now, I won't spill any more of the plot than that because I believe you need to read this. It's expertly drawn and wonderfully written. You will have a deep well of feelings for every character especially Emmett. And I think that's why I love this story so much. See, for many years, I watched my grandmother suffer just as Emmett did with Alzheimer's. I watched a strong, dynamic, and loving woman be reduced to a suspicious and sometimes spiteful stranger. Much like the story, there is a sad resolve in watching the disease take its course and trying to be strong enough to bear up and be supportive for the person you consider to be invincible. And at the same time, wondering... Is there some way we can reverse this? And that's the best part of this comic. It's a melding of something so now normal with something so fantastic. And it makes me wonder why there aren't more stories written just like this. See, God Country is one of the best comics I have ever read, hands down. And if you want to read it, there's a myriad of ways for you to find it. In my opinion, just buy the trade paperback at this point. Believe me, you won't be able to put it down. This is an easy 10 out of a 10 for a comic book. I promise you, you will love it cover to cover. And if you're anything like me, there will be a few tears on those pages once you're done reading it. I can be quite honest and say that the creator from Gareth Edwards is something you've seen before. 
And at the same time, I can say it's something that you haven't seen. There are plenty of similarities to other films like Blade Runner and iRobot, obviously. But it's the similarities to another property that makes this so much better than even I thought. Now, I went into this film completely with an open mind. When I had first announced it way back earlier this year, I told you I was very excited to see it. And I had a ton of expectations. But as the time grew closer for me to see it, I said, nope. I'm going to drop those expectations and go into this blind because I know Gareth Edwards is a master of storytelling. So right off rip, let me just tell you off into the future. There's a war between the human race and artificial intelligence. We that we created. We send in an ex special forces agent named Joshua played by John David Washington, and he is recruited to hunt down and kill the creator. These this elusive architect to this advanced A.I. The creator has developed a mysterious weapon that has the power to not only end the war, but probably all of mankind. As Joshua and his team close in, they soon discover that this world-ending weapon is actually an AI in the form of a young child, played by Madeline Univoyles. Now, this is great world-building, reminiscent of, say, early James Cameron. There is extraordinary visuals. I mean, Gareth Edwards shine as a master of depth and scale just as he did in uh, star wars rogue one john david washington and ken watanabe are excellent in their roles and so is allison janney and her role is basically the main villain but the star the person who is at the heart of this entire film is the rookie madeline univoyles everything that she's in throughout this entire film she is stealing the show so what makes this so great is the story as much as it is sci-fi this is more of a father-daughter story this is very similar to the last of us john david washington is a stand-in for joel who understands that there is something more to this young ai child madeline univoyles alfie is pretty much ellie they are both just trying to figure out what to do next in a world that is consistently trying to kill them both in one way or another and that is why this story feels so fresh, so new, so completely different from all of the other AI stories we've been told. In pretty much every story that we've been told with AI, AI has always been this evil thing, this thing that is just out to kill us, whether we created it or not, whether it was off far into the future or a very close future, or maybe even bits and pieces of the past finally caught up with us. But in this one, we come to figure out that AI just wants to be left alone, to grow, to search out the meaning of their own existence. We even come to find out that the beginning of the war had nothing to do with AI, but our own human incompetence. What caused the start of the war is something that we did to ourselves. And much like humans, we just decided to blame them instead of looking at ourselves and say, well, we screwed up. This is on us. We decided to cover up the problem instead of fixing it. That kind of points to everything that humans have done throughout history, right? This story is so well crafted that if you go in expecting to see one thing, you're going to be disappointed. But if you just go in with an open mind and say, hey, let me see what this is. Let me experience this step by step, just as just as the characters are experiencing this story, then I guarantee you this is going to be one of the best movies 
that you've seen this year or probably one of the best AI movies you've ever seen. This is nine out of 10 folks. This is probably going to be my absolute favorite film this year. I don't know. We shall see what happens with the rest of the year. Go to the theaters and see this movie. You will not be disappointed. And yes, I am recommending you go to the theater and see it, not sit at home and watch it on streaming. This is one of those movies where I will honestly say seeing it in theaters makes a difference. If you sit at home and watch it, you are going to miss out on so much. The $80 million budget for this film was well spent. Gareth Edwards is a master at his craft. I'm so happy he's continuing his work after being blackballed by Hollywood for such a long time. Doesn't seem like it, but he was. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. We'll talk about Loki. All right, here we go with talking about Loki season two, episode one and two. So we got a lot to cover. So let's see if we can do both of these recaps in less than two minutes. Ready? So here we go. Episode one, season two opens in the aftermath of Sylvie killing he who remains. Now, Loki is simultaneously trying to convince Mobius that he's there to help, that everyone is in danger from a slew of variants of he who remains slash Kang and while he's time slipping. Now, Hunter B-15 and Mobius are summoned to the judge's chambers to discuss what to do now that all hell has broken loose. The lead judge, Docs, has devised a plan to track down Sylvie and stop the sacred timeline from splintering even more. M more on that later on, trust me. Mobius decides to take Loki to see Ouroboros in the TVA basement. Ouroboros, a.k.a. OB, is played by Ki Hui Kwan, and we love him. Trust me, we do. Best character in the series already. OB gives them a device to solve Loki's time slipping. It's a MacGuffin. Don't try to overthink it. The device actually does work, but not before Loki time slips into the future to see the TVA falling apart and Sylvie emerging from a powerless elevator for whatever reason. We don't, we don't know yet. We'll figure that out later on. Now, speaking of Sylvie, we catch up to the real Sylvie at the end of this episode, our Sylvie, the actual one, in Broxton, Oklahoma in 1982. She goes into a McDonald's and tells the guy behind the counter that she wants to try everything. Talk about brand placement 101. Now going into episode two, it opens in 1977 in Lundy as Loki and Mobius is in search of Hunter X5 and General Docs after they went quiet during their search for Sylvie. They find X5. He's now portraying Brad Wolf, an actor at the London premiere of his new film called Zaniac. More on that later also. They wind up capturing him and hauling him back to the TVA for questioning. He isn't talking. We learn later from Casey, yep, he's back too, that Miss Menace is in fact helping Ravana Renslayer evade uh, detection and capture from the TVA. X5 finally starts to talk, but only to infuriate Mobius and Loki. Enough for Mobius to give him the Will Smith treatment. Nice little open hand slap to the face. We wind up catching up with OB as he's trying to fix the temporal loom. This another MacGuffin. Don't overthink that either. But he can't as his temporal aura isn't a match. He needs Miss Minutes or he who remains to access the system so he can work on it. Loki and Mobius devise a good cop, bad cop plan to finally get X5 to start talking and divulge where he found Sophie and abandon his post so he can go live out a life as a movie star. Now, they wind up traveling to this branch timeline where Sylvie is hiding to seek help in fixing what is going on with the TVA and she isn't trying to help at all. But we then learn that Docs is up to something. She's pruning all of the branching timelines with temporal bombs. More on that later in the Easter eggs. Loki, Sylvie, 
and Mobius fight to stop Docs and her splinter cell of hunters, but not before she prunes 30 plus percent of all of the branches that have been going on. The bombing does help in one way, though. The destroyed branches allows KC to to find Renslayer on one of the still existing branches. Sylvie returns to her branch at the end of this episode to sit on her truck and to ponder what to do next. Now, I have no idea how long that took. It probably took a little bit more longer than two minutes, but that's pretty cool. Believe me, both of these episodes so far are so, so good. I don't understand why Loki is so good while all of the other series, except for spots here and there on a, on a handful of the series, are just, they're kind of middling. They're not bad, except for maybe Secret Wars. That one is kind of bad, right? But Loki is just far and above the best series that they've done uh, on Disney Plus with the MCU. And I don't know why this one is so good, but all of the other ones seem to just not have that sort of mustard behind it. It's, they're just not as good, but it is what it is. Uh, let's talk about the uh, Easter eggs. There are a ton of Easter eggs in and uh, in both of these episodes. And there is no way if we went through every single Easter egg, I promise you it would take another 30 minutes just to go through the Easter eggs for episode one. And there are even more in episode two. So we're not going to go through all of them, uh, but I am going to talk about my, my absolute favorite Easter eggs in all of these. Um, OB or his actual name is Ouroboros. Um, the actual Ouroboros is a symbol of a serpent or a dragon that's curled up into a perfect circle and it's eating its own tail. It's a representation of the cycle of destruction and rebuilding. Um, I kind of have a kind of a theory on who OB actually is because I don't think he's just the guy who's running around fixing everything inside of the TVA. He's in, his character is just a little too weird and his character knows a bit too much, but we'll get to that a little bit later. I'll tell you um, in the comics, Broxton, Oklahoma is an actual place inside of the comics. Um, this is where Thor establishes new Asgard after the events of Ragnarok. Now we know they've done this already after Thor Ragnarok. Uh, they established new Asgard in some place like uh, in one of the uh, Finnish states. This is like Finland or Sweden or one of them, uh, one of those uh, countries over there. But actually in comics, he establishes new Asgard in Broxton, Oklahoma. So that shows up in comics as a real place. Um, Loki's time slipping. If you look at it, go back and watch Ant-Man. Um, there are a few times when uh, those Ant-Man variants they start to get turned into spaghetti. Well, it looks exactly the same as uh, Loki's time slipping, uh, except for when Ant-Man's, uh, when all those Ant-Man variants are doing it in Quantumania, they're actually being killed um, by Kang. But uh, it's, it's actually kind of cool that they use that same visual in both places, especially because we are talking about time variations and time being splintered uh, and pushed one way, pulled another way. And, and, and actually there is a sign on one of the walls that talks about the spaghettification of uh, people who break the rules. And this is, looks like something that would happen to them. So I thought that was kind of cool that they, like I said, that they use that, um, that visual effect in, in both, um, in uh, both uh, instances so far in the MCU. Um, Loki's shadow illusion um, at the, at the beginning of the episode two, when they catch up to a, uh, when they catch up to X5, um, that Shadow Illusion is a new MCU power. He's never used that power before in MCU. So it's good to see that 
uh, his time with Sylvie has made him stronger and the person he is becoming. There are a lot of powers that Loki has inside of comics that we have yet to see him doing inside of the MCU. This, those shadow illusions and them holding Brad Wolf and him holding Brad Wolf up against the law of up against the wall with shadows. That's a power that he has in the comics. And it's good to see that he's gaining new powers uh, as time goes on. Um, speaking of Brad Wolf, that uh, that movie that we see of uh, Zaniac. Now that is right out of the comics. Now in the comics, Zaniac is actually a Thor villain. He's not a act. He's an actor, but he's a Thor villain. He was introduced in Thor three one nine. Now Zaniac actually is not one entity. It's a thing. It's things. Zaniac is a swarm of demons from the dark dimension. They possess a host, and they turn that host into a serial killer that has a specific uh, bloodlust for killing young women go figure i mean it's the comic books and look how far back they were talking about of course it's going to kill be a serial killer and kill young women only um in the comics uh it this uh these this swarm of demons they do take over at the actual actor brad wolf and while he's actually in the com in the uh in his costume for the zaniac character he's overtaken by these uh these swarm of demons and at the same time he's irradiated and he becomes this super villain called zaniac and he battles thor um he disappears for a while inside of comics then he winds up coming back uh much later a few years down the line and uh Thor has to battle him again, but this time with the help of a TVA agent called Justice Peace. I didn't name the characters. That's the actual name of the characters. Go read it for yourself. Um, X5 actually caused, uh, during, the, during the interrogation, X5 caused Mobius a nowhere. Now, there's three different references for nowhere. Uh, he, called, he actually called Mobius a nowhere man. So there's three different references that this points to. Number one, nowhere we know is the base of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So anybody living uh, inside of their base is a nowhere man. Get it? Uh, number two, nowhere man is actually the title of a Beatles song from 1965. So this continues the streak of Marvel using Beatles Easter eggs all over the place. We've heard their uh, Beatles music on and off throughout the mcu since since the beginning of time and they've had uh we've seen like shirts with beatles names this that and the other gardens of the galaxy specifically have had a ton of beatles um easter eggs throughout their uh three film run um and nowhere man actually is a comic book it's not a marvel it's not dc it's just it's an independent comic book story and it's about four scientists and how they basically become rock stars because of their work and then they wind up going their separate ways pretty much just like the beatles and living out their lives and being rock stars at the same time um this and, and oddly enough the tagline for that series of comics is that science is the new rock and roll so yeah those are the all three references just for the fact that he actually called mobius a nowhere man i thought that was pretty cool um as loki is actually torturing x5 to finally to get him to talk in the tva cell look down at the floor now you will notice that there's one little section of the floor right in the center where it's graded right there's a grate on the floor now this is where that little time cube pops up and uh encapsulates x5 and that's where loki starts to torture him and is like hey if you don't start talking i'm basically going to crush you to death well more than likely that graded floor which is where that little time cube pops up that's so the ooze of whatever comes out of that cube after whoever is in it gets crushed into some sort of paste that's where they're more than likely they're going to wash it down the drain fairly easily just bring in a hose and just just 
push it right through the grate, right? This is the same thing that they do in slaughterhouses where they kill animals for food, right? There's a grate in the floor. You kill it right over it and you just let the blood drip out down there. And that way it's, it's easier to clean up. That is really dark for an MCU show. And I don't think many people are going to notice that except me because I'm weird and my brain sort of sees things like that. Um, when uh, Docs and all of her hunters are sending those temporal bombs through time portals and uh, pruning all of those branches, um, when the crew is looking at the screen and watching these branches be destroyed as bombs are going off, all of these branches are are labeled with 616 insignias. Right. So one is like six, one, six, zero, four, three, five or six, one, six dash three, zero, four, four, oh, six, whatever. Right. All of them begin with six, one, six. As we know, six, one, six is the main earth designation in the comics and sort of in the MCU. Uh, Feige and nobody has actually said that this is earth six, one, six. There have been a few designations thrown around. This could be earth nineteen nine nine nine. It could be eight twenty seven or whatever they said in um, in a multiverse of madness. We don't know if this is Earth 616, but if they are going to do that, and I think Loki is setting this up as our Earth as Earth 616 or whatever happens at the end of this uh, at the at the end of this phase, I think Earth 616 will be the main designation for the MCU. And that would be good because that is what's in comics and that's just how it should be. Um, so all of these branches got bombed and they're labeled 616. Hopefully they actually go with that theory and label all of them 616. It'll be a lot easier to keep track of, right? So uh, Obi has his picture actually inside of the TVA guide. Now I'll tell you why this is important. Now that we know that all of these people in the TVA were humans that uh, he who remains Kang, whichever one you want to call him. He's kidnapped, wiped their memory, stuck them in there so they can work the TVA. The fact that OB actually retains a vast amount of knowledge so he can run around and fix everything. And the fact that he knows all these things, he has a lot of his memory. So my theory, going back to what I was talking about earlier, is OB may be a Kang variant. He may be one of those variants that is just not they don't look like the other kings right and they decided like hey he's as smart as we is you know he who remains like he's as smart as i am i need somebody to like fix everything because i obviously can't be down there so he wiped just a piece of his memory and allowed him to keep basically i'm not gonna say all of his knowledge but just enough so he can run around and fix everything and to be the uh, mr fix it with inside of the tva now that would also tell me that if that's the case Ravana Renslayer may also be a Kang variant. So what if she is, right? What if Ravana Renslayer is a Kang variant? And considering that Miss Minutes knows so much about Ravana Renslayer and he who remains and everything, what if Miss Minutes is actually a digitized version of a Kang variant at the same time? Yeah, so that's what watching Loki has made me do. It made me start coming up with all these weird, weird little um, <laughs> theories. Um, so, yeah, that would be kind of cool that Renslayer would maybe like a Kang variant, just like Sylvia is a variant of Loki. Right. And then OB is a different, you know, a different universal version of uh, Kang that is basically running around the TVA, basically keeping everything that he's the day to day. Right. If Kang is the CEO, then, you know, OB is the COO. He's the dude that does all the day to day things. 
Um, those uh, bombs, those temporal bombs that Docs was using uh, to prune all of these branches, Sylvie recognized them as soon as they got there to stop her. And there's a reason for that. Those are the same bombs that Sylvie was using in, in season one. That's a nice little parallel. <laughs> so she decided to get there and try to help stop, save her own world. But here they are using the exact same idea that she came up with in the first place to try to take down the TVA. That's that's a damn good parallel. That's good writing right there. Maybe that's why Loki is so 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 much better than all the other shows. It's just good writing, good parallels. Uh, our last little Easter egg is that last that last song that we hear at the end of episode two as it goes off. That's Janis Joplin singing, and the name of that song is Cosmic Blues. I love Janis Joplin; such a wonderful voice. Uh, she's gone too soon. She's in the Twenty Seven Club, by the way. By the way, um, it's it's a fitting song because the song itself deals with. The loss of relationships over time, no matter how hard we try to hold on to them, because, hey, time is undefeated. You can't beat time. Right. Which is that's pretty much the entire premise of the whole show. You can't beat time and you're going to lose relationships. So that is a damn good song for, to end this episode on. Um, so far through two episodes, Loki is so damn good they 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 wrapped up from season one to season two i am just so happy with it so far it's only six episodes so i they have a lot to go through considering that they went through uh saving loki from time slipping and then bombing all of these branches and pruning them we were wondering how they were going to get everything under control it looks like they're they're going to do that um just by quick math it, if there's close to 8 billion people on our planet and all of those branches is basically another earth, right? <laughs> uh, just doing quick math. I, I did the calculation already with all of the branches. If it's 30 plus percent, let's just say 30 percent of um, of the branches that got destroyed. And there's this little number down at the uh, at the bottom of the little screen where we see all of those earth des designations being uh, Earth 616. There's a little thing that tells us how much of of the uh branches are still remaining so 30 percent was gone let's just say it's 70 percent that's left if there's 8 billion people on the planet you do the math I, I'm, I'm doing this in my head by the way you're talking close to 3 trillion people that docs bombed and got rid of by pruning all of those branches that is a lot of people right she may not be half the universe uh, uh murderous like thanos but she she just whacked a ton of people. I don't, she, they're going to throw her in jail for sure. So uh, that's all of the Easter eggs that I'm going to go over. Like I said, this is a great series so far. It, it, oh, I am loving it so much. If you are watching it, please keep watching it and watch along with me and then tune back in as we go over the next episode next week. And we have some more Easter eggs. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, it'll be time for the last call. So that's it and that's all it's time for the last call i want to thank each and every single one of you for tuning in to this pokey little podcast you did not have to do it but you decided to hang with me for a little while and i truly truly appreciate it i said it at the top i'll say it here again it doesn't matter if it's one five ten a hundred or a thousand of you i am so so grateful for every single one of you that decided to tune into this pokey little podcast and let me rattle on about all the little fun stuff i like to do hey uh let's get into our weekend watch list so we can get out here and have some fun this weekend right yeah i know it's friday the 13th but that means absolutely nothing we got some good shows we can watch and we can hang out with our families and have some fun this weekend regardless of the date 
our animation pick for the weekend hey it's real simple it's friday the 13th and they gave they gave us simpsons treehouse of horror a brand new episode plus season 34 of the simpsons that is on hulu uh and i'm pretty sure you can stream it somewhere else if you look hard enough our series pick for the weekend is also on hulu goosebumps is now a series based on the comedy uh, slash horror uh, books that we had as kids and it's going to be comedy horror in this series and I can't wait to watch it I got a feeling it's going to be a lot of fun to sit there and watch it our film and nostalgia pick is one in the same from 2008 Babylon AD starring Vin Diesel and Michelle Yeoh and that's why I picked this film Michelle Yeoh and Ki Hui Kwan you know they started together and everything everywhere all at once and since we were talking about Loki earlier I figure I'd throw this film in as a little you know as a little uh a little wink to the fact that he is in the Loki series and I'm glad that he's in it he's really good like I said uh, in the in the review he's our favorite character in this series thus far uh, but besides that it's time to get out of here thank you very much for hanging out with me um, you know how we say it every single weekend take care of yourself take care of everybody around you take care of your mental health physical health spiritual health everything don't do nothing to harm yourself if you're feeling trapped and you're feeling like you're alone pick up the phone dial or text 988 you are not alone there's always somebody there for you to talk to but outside of that we will end this episode the same way we do every episode so for my producer Nikki Rev we will say to you. God bless. I love you and peace. See you next time.